0: My top priority is jobs, protecting Manx jobs, really looking after the the 70% of our economy and and also the larger sectors and bringing those sectors over to the island and really creating jobs to get our economy going.
1: One of the main ones is the the bus service around Saddlestone. Um, There's quite a few of our uh, older citizens feel that they've now become uh, isolated by the lack of a decent and regular bus service and and that um, stops them um, able to visit the hospital or able to get into the town. Master
2: Mai, good afternoon and welcome to Perspective on Manx Radio. On the programme this week, I'm joined in the studio by the Isle of Man's two newest members of the House of Keys. Voters in Douglas South headed to the polling stations on Thursday to elect not one, but two new representatives for the constituency. Polls opened at eight o'clock in the morning for a unique by-election, which was called Following the Passing of Bill Malarkey in February and the Resignation of Kate Costain. There were ten candidates for those two spots, eight independents, one from Liberal Vanin, and one from the Isle of Man Green Party. Turnout was around 37%, with 1,789 votes cast. Topping the polls, with more than half of the total votes, was local businesswoman Claire Christian, uh, good afternoon, Mrs Christian. Um, good afternoon. And joining her in Timwold will be former pilot Paul Quine, who gathered the support of 469 constituents. Faster Mike, good afternoon. Paul.
1: Good afternoon, darling.
2: Uh Thank you very much indeed uh, for joining us. Um, huge congratulations, of course, on being elected. Mrs Christian, I'll come to you first. 930 votes. Tell me honestly, on Wednesday evening, uh, after weeks of campaigning, of course, what were your expectations like?
0: Um, well, the candidates, all the candidates were such great calibre. Um, so I didn't expect to have quite as many votes as that. I thought it would be a little bit more evenly split. Um, but obviously, I'm, I'm totally humbled by their faith in me. The, the Douglas South um, constituents have really you know, shown their faith and, and I'm, I'm truly humbled by that
2: um have you heard from lots of them since
0: absolutely yes uh, um both uh, paul and i were saying we've we've both been uh, had lots and lots of messages over the last couple of days and it's it's truly truly great
2: um to have more than half of the total votes there must have been a lot of people voting for you and for no one else
0: um well yes i mean obviously people can vote had the opportunity to place two votes um, but i think the total overall was i think some some, what was it, Paul? Was it something like 3,000 or so mm-hmm. um, it's 3, or so votes in terms of having two or one vote? Um, but yes, I, I guess that does imply that.
2: Where do you think your success came from? Um, was there a particular demographic that voted for you, perhaps?
0: I think that, well, obviously it's well known that um, the Farm Hill area um, do come out and more vote in that area. Um, but I think probably obviously being well known prior to it has probably helped due to me helping people through covid-19 um so i was a, a sort of not an unknown person and having that as a as a good track record i think that obviously helped um but i just i focused on knocking on doors and focused on meeting the the douglas south constituency um and i hit probably about 95% of of all doors um and and spoke to about 800 people in total so
2: there was quite a, a social media presence from you as well. Um, Mr. Quine, just off mic, described your campaign as slick. <laughs> uh, I wonder, is it is it the first victory on the Isle of Man for a campaign quite like yours?
0: Well, uh, to be honest with you, I, I wanted to do probably a little bit more, but um, I took a little bit more of a step back at the beginning, um, mainly because... I, I really, as I said, I really wanted to focus on getting out onto the doors. That's that was the advice I was being given um, from many people who had stood before, um, and uh, so I obviously, like everybody else, we had a Facebook page and an Instagram page. But I didn't do any videos or anything like that. It was, it, I was relying mostly on actually speaking to people face to face, and I think that really is what mattered and what made the difference. I know Paul did exactly the same, um, and and I think that's obviously showing in in the results.
2: Coming to you then, Mr. Quine, uh, four hundred and sixty-nine
0: votes, uh, just six ahead of Michael Joseph, of
2: course, and that's uh, about as close as it gets, really, in, uh, in in national politics on the Isle of Man. Um, were you surprised at all by the results?
1: Um, not particularly I mean, Obviously Michael Josem's A, a very uh, formidable Campaigner And uh, I'd, I'd just Like to say um, To pay tribute To the magnanimous And very dignified Way he behaved On Thursday night I feel that uh, It fully illustrates what a, what a good Decent man He, he actually is and, I, and I'm sure He's got plenty To offer the island Um yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, it, it was a it was a close-run thing with um, with ten people in the field. Obviously, obviously Claire did exceptionally well to poll a number of votes, which she did. But um, a lot of the political pundits, no doubt, including yourself, Dolan, before the um, before the polling day, were were, were, were looking at uh, quite a split vote. So I, I feel that's uh, actually really what actually ended up transpired.
2: Um, what were relationships like between the candidates?
1: Very good. I mean, it's, it's it, you know, it, it's not like party politics in the UK where you have ideologically opposed candidates and, and, and um, ends up sometimes uh, becoming all too personal. I feel um, I feel everyone uh, had respect for each other. And uh, I think it was a good illustration of what Manx politics or Manx um, campaigning is. It's it's a lot of its individual. And, and, and as, as Claire said, it's about getting out, meeting people uh, and introducing yourselves to the electorate.
0: I think that's um, definitely one of the things that makes it a bittersweet victory for both of us is because we actually became quite good friends with the other candidates um, and, you know, it, I certainly didn't feel like running around celebrating on Thursday night. It, you know, I, there were eight other people there that, you know, that I felt truly sad for and I wished, I wished we all could have had a place um, because they, they all deserved it. They really, you know, there was there's some really smart, intelligent candidates and I hope that, the 10 candidates inspire other people to step forward now and and see that you can actually make a difference and and uh and and do a good campaign and uh, you know you don't have to be traditionally somebody who's very political so i think that's that's a really good we had such a wide variety of people um in that 10 candidates and you can't say that it wasn't democratic because it it really truly was it's interesting
2: you say sorry uh, mr quine it's interesting you say that you don't have to have political experience um do either of you have any experience in politics or any background in politics?
1: Um, not, not really as, as such. But I think everyone's involved. I mean, if you're sitting in the pub talking about it, it, you know, you you are actively involved. And I feel it's only good. I, I think it, it was very heartening that that so many people decided to stand because um, there's so much apathy sometimes uh, towards politics or politicians on the island. And and I, I, I feel it was, uh, it was it was it was. Very good for the for the campaign. It gave people a, a wide choice of candidates, and um, I, hope, I hope going uh, forward towards a general election, as as Claire just said, people are actually heartened in order to to try and throw the hat in the ring as well.
2: You said uh, um, apathy towards Max politics. I have to ask about turnout. Of course, we saw about thirty seven, thirty eight percent turnout. Um, at face value that's that's not very high
1: no and and there's probably several factors for it obviously the weather on the day um is always a contributing factor and thursday pretend <laughs> uh, tended to be a particularly gloomy overcast and, and wet day and um, i would also probably cite the um the length running on the parliament there's there's only a year till we have for general election so um there's there's not a great deal on the grander um, stage that Arbor rivers uh, can expect to achieve in the twelve months, and uh, maybe that that reflected also uh, with the turnout
2: in the uh, twenty fifteen by election in the constituency, the turnout was forty percent. In the twenty sixteen general election, it was about the same, um, so reasonably consistent. Um, how do you get people more interested in politics?
0: So I was I. I was hoping there would be more interest, obviously, after Covid, because I think people really realise how much politics involves in their day to day lives. Um, and I think that, you know, we did get a reasonable turnout considering it was a by-election. I think um, also, I'm oh, sorry, sorry. But uh, I, think, I think we do need to hopefully, with, with greater interest and a lot more different types of candidates coming forward, um, hopefully that's going to really get get more people out to vote. Um, we need to make it more easier for people to vote. For example, it, it would be perhaps even a, a good idea to, um, especially in our constituency, you have three um, polling stations that people could go and vote at any of those polling stations. I, um, it would be much, much easier. There's certain areas of Douglas South that are closer to one and they're actually asked to go to another. Um, and I think, I think we really need to look at those sort of points for next year and really try and make it a little bit more open.
2: Do you have any views on... Uh, making that process online digital election
0: i think there's some risks with that obviously um you know i i, I actually i did have a conversation with michael joseph about that and um, you know he's quite a with all the the um uh the, the the bigger risks in terms of a digital one so i'm I, th- I think we need to make it easier for people to go and do it um, and, uh, and as I say that that for me would be a way of saying that you could go to any polling station within your constituency but um, we, we would really need to look at doing it, uh, you know, whether you get an app or something like that, I'm not saying that that's the way forward but it, we would really have to have great reassurances for, for um, anybody sort of hacking that.
2: There was a poll created ahead of the by-election um, on a Facebook Facebook group which focuses on Manx current affairs. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Joseph won that poll with almost three times the votes of Andrew Jessop of the Isle of Man Green Party. In second place was actually an option for none of the above. Basically, uh, you came fourth and fifth. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, that was only one social media group. The vote was open to anybody, not just Douglas South residents. And the numbers were pretty tiny in comparison to the real election figures. But Mr. Josem seemed to find favour on social media.
1: Yeah. So I, where do you think you won? I, I think in that context, Dolan, um, in, in, on social media, obviously um, people who, who tend to support the Green Party uh, and, and maybe um, and may, may, maybe Michael Josem for that matter are far more politically active than, than say, uh, someone who's in their more senior le- years uh, living um, in, in Saddlestone. So I, I feel the... You know the the fundamentals of running a campaign is to get out into you know into the constituency to to be seen in the constituency, uh, and if you if you're going to ask someone to vote for you, then you've at least, at least got to have the courtesy of knocking on their door and, and and seeking their their conversation.
2: And um, not to mention some of the other candidates you were up against, and it was quite a strong field. Andrew Jessup of the Isle of Man Green Party got 342 votes. Pamela Bernie Mullarkey got 337. Uh, they're both people who. Have what you might call political experience, uh, so that's quite an endorsement of faith, really, from constituents in you two.
1: Yes, certainly. Um, as as uh, I think we, we we both agree, it's it's very humbling, um, but it's it's only the start. You know, I mean, you've got to repay that faith, and and you've got to be willing to roll your sleeves up and, and work hard for the community and for the constituency. I think. One thing that, that all candidates would have seen as they, as they walked around the, um, the area is what a genuinely hard time some of the people are having. And, and you know, it, it, it's very stark. Um, it's certainly, I was brought up in the area, and, uh, you know, th- there are some people really having a, a tough time of it. It was quite an eye-opener on some doorsteps, I have to say. And
2: again, just speaking um, off-air, Mrs Christian, you were talking about uh, the levels of unemployment, the levels of people who have fallen on hard times, especially in the last year. Is that is that your number one priority from a constituency point of view to try and address some of those issues?
0: Yes. Um you know, I found myself obviously we're, we we spoke about it off air saying that there were more people answering the door because they were working from home um, and possibly obviously because of more people being unemployed, which is, is obviously very, very serious issue um, or that they were on mirror um so it's it's definitely one of my major focuses it doesn't just affect Douglas South it affects the whole of the island um and and really getting people back out to work and getting the, the economy stimulated and um, to provide more Manx jobs is definitely one and I, I'm quite sure of all the ministers um it's it's one of their great focuses um you know keep we were also saying off air that that uh, you know we're very lucky to be in the situation that we are um you know our our a uh, Post COVID economy, post Brexit economy, um, we we really need to make sure we make the right steps forward, um, protecting our island, and uh, and that obviously focuses around borders, etc. Um, and and we really need to make sure that we're 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 focusing and, and protecting people. Um, with regards to creating jobs. You know, we we need to obviously bring in industries to the island, new industries. There's lots of potential. I've spoken about that before, and um, potential new industries, and then also um, looking at our current uh, uh, different types of sectors that we have in reskilling and and uh, making sure that they they've got the provided. Um, uh, training available on the island for new jobs and new sectors um, and I've already spoken to um, lots of people about that and so yeah so it, it's a big focus definitely and I know Paul is is definitely um focused on that as well and certainly with links to the island making sure that they're they're sufficient um and we're we're preparing ourselves for a, a, a bigger situation where airlines are you know possibly non-existent in a, in a future world so yeah but Paul, if you got something. Well, yeah, it's it's vital,
1: it's vital that we keep our economy turning. I mean, the fact that we can just sit here speaking to you at the, at the moment, Dolan, without having to social distance. And, uh, you know, we, we, We're in a unique um, place at the moment. And um, therefore, uh, it, it's vital, as I say, that we, we look to preserve the jobs we have and, and try and create um, jobs for, for those who, who unfortunately have been um, made unemployed as a consequence of the, of the pandemic.
2: Will you two be able to make an impact on the labour market from outside the Council of Ministers or from outside government?
1: Well, I th- I, I'd like to feel that we can certainly have an input, um, maybe indirectly, obviously. Um, looking, I'm, I'm already looking to meet with uh, Lawrence Skelly um in the department for enterprise uh, later this week um i got a few ideas that i'd like to to run past them and um to see if he, he's willing to sort of look to uh, to move forward with them i feel that um we need to to start now to start attracting inward investment into the island and and personally speaking i feel that um our future lies um, with the emerging economies in the world, and particularly those within the Commonwealth countries like Singapore, Malaysia, um, Canada, the emerging economies in in Africa, you know, where we can where we can offer them uh, a good place to to do business.
2: You've got quite different skill sets to each other. Um, and speaking directly to ministers is one way of getting some of your input in. How about when it comes to departmental memberships? Is that something you'd consider?
1: Well, I can't speak obviously for for Claire. I'm on uh, record as saying that um, certainly for the term of of this Parliament um, that I wouldn't uh, seek uh, to join any uh, departments. Um, I feel that there's enough work in the constituency to to take up my time and um and that's something that that I'll be looking to address as I going back to what I've said previously um there are a lot of issues there um through no fault of anyone of course due to a lack of representation a lot of these issues are being overlooked and and um I I'm actually just got to see a, a gentleman on Monday who's um who who's a, a, a an ex um, arm forces veteran he was um wounded in action uh, in Iraq and uh, he's got a few issues which he, he needs to um, to talk about. So that's something that's particularly close to my heart. Uh, I feel um, anybody uh, like like the gentleman concerned um, who served their country and, and has been wounded in action deserves all the support and all the help we can give him.
0: Totally, I can I couldn't agree more. I'm obviously my husband's an ex RAF um, veteran as well, so I couldn't agree more. That's a, it's a really fantastic thing. And um, in the answer to your question, um, would I? Yes, absolutely. I would take on a department if I was offered one. Um, I do feel that um, I'm going to put a strategy in place. Um, I you know speak to Paul about it. I want to do one month surgeries in the constituency um, so that we can obviously that 's just as a as a to give an update, but we need to absolutely do that and I have an open door policy, so people mustn 't wait till that every month to come to us. they must absolutely come to us and within that time and and raise issues that they need help with um, I did a poll at the poll on um, uh, on the election day. Which basically was, so my leaflet dropped the night before, um, asked 10 questions, what was the most um, of concern to the people of the constituents? So I'm just wrapping up all that data now so that I can have a a, a far more clearer focus on, um, obviously I have... You know, going around door to door, but I want to have like a real clear focus and stats on it to basically say, you know, where are we with borders? How does the constituency feel? And I could probably tell you right now, it's it's about eighty to ninety percent want to keep the borders closed, and those are things that I really want to be able to focus on. I'm be reaching out to the constituents immediately to tell them what the stats were. This is what they're more mostly interested in, um, and uh, and really sort of conveying uh, a, a a very much a, a working relationship with them and. And I know that, Paul, we, we've kind of, because of the way the, the election campaign has been, that we've all become very um, close in the sense that we want the best for our constituency. Working together is the most key focus for me and making sure that we're not duplicating work. We're, we're working together to make us our, our jobs more efficient um, and, uh, and working to the best of, of our community.
2: It's an especially unusual election outside of general election time because you're both brand new and because the constituencies had no representation for a little while now it's a little bit to our Uh, advantage
0: in a way because is it do you think so? yeah because we 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 don't have any preconceived ideas and we can we can have such an open mind and i actually i've thought about that prior to this that it is better because you know no one's got their feet under the table both paul and i haven't and so we can actually go in and 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 be very much more proactive
1: i think it's 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 key that you you seen to be an approachable person i think that um the people in the constituency need to know that and uh, they, you know they they obviously um get to meet you when you're when you're knocking on the doors but of course um you can't you can't meet everyone when you're when you're doing such things so so there's still a lot of um people who who we who neither of us will have met in the constituency who will have uh given us their votes and um it'd be nice to you know to get around to i know i had a, a phone call from a gentleman who's, who's Invited me round to um, to introduce himself to me uh, later this week. Um, he's a retired psychiatrist from the from the hospital, and uh, unfortunately, I missed him when I when I called. But he's he's very keen to meet up and and, and discuss issues that um, that he would like to uh, to raise in, the, in in the area.
2: Uh, one of the other candidates has been in touch. Lon Pinkert- Pinkerton sent me a message ahead of the broadcast, um, and he's basically seeking to congratulate you both, wishing you every success over the next twelve months. Uh, Lon would also like to thank all those who voted for him and share his political views. He had a particularly strange campaign obviously being absent from the doorsteps uh, for the majority of the campaign and he regrets not having the opportunity to meet as many constituents as he'd hoped. Um did you learn anything from the other candidates?
1: Well, through re- the process. Regarding Lon, obviously, um he had a, a, a you know a family bereavement and um he took the right um, course of action that is exactly the same thing that, uh, that I would have done. Uh, obviously, family trumps uh, everything, and and he uh, he needed to support his family, and uh, it it shows the measure of of the man that he is. Um, it it obviously with the fourteen day isolation period, uh, obviously hamstrung is his his, his campaign. Consequently, um, and it is sad that uh, he wasn't able to get out and, and and to make himself more visible in the area. So, uh, hopefully, it's not the end of of Lon's campaign, and I'm sure we'll hear from him again. And uh, he may uh, seek to to stand in the future.
2: Just as an aside, I'm led to believe that his self isolation ended at midday today. So, uh, thank welcome you. Welcome Yeah, thank you for getting <laughs> in touch, and uh, welcome back to the outside world as well. I suppose. Um, Let's look to the future. and uh, you. We've, I've played a little clip at the top of the programme about a couple of immediate priorities. Is there anything else that's on your horizon that you think you should or want to address so locally, in, the, in the 12 months?
0: Locally, I'm looking at um, uh, zero to five-year preschool in the area um, in Douglas South. We really need one. Um, I'm looking at um, also the the structure and reform on um, preschool credits, bringing those in line with um, the rising costs of nurseries. I'm also going to be focusing on um, working with Douglas Borough Council and the DOI um, for Spring Valley and getting a quicker resolution for that um, and making it a more easier and tr- um, smoother ride for them because they've they've not had good representation in terms of that. Um, so those are local and also um, roads um, and pavements. We we really need to look at what what are the plans going ahead um what do we more do we need um, so that's going to be also a focus i'm going to hit the ground running and find out about that with the doi um, then obviously on a national issue um for me it's mental health making sure that that's going through um our education system we're looking at obviously in our community policing um and it, it mental health is just so so critical um for our, for Douglas South and for on a national level le- national level um and and obviously uh, you know brings back to to jobs and you know you've heard me speak about that as well so those those are other areas that I'm going to be looking at policies going through i'm very interested obviously i'm going to be pushing which was quite something that we were both um uh, Paul and I went to to see on Friday um you know the sexual offences and obscene publications act um that's going through later on um you know thoroughly both of us support that i'm sure that most most people will um we really need to get this you know minimum sentencing for these kind of heinous crimes um and that's that's really important so there's a lot to do um and i'm only touching on a few subjects right now and um but it's 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 really really exciting that we've got this opportunity to go in and and make a difference now
2: a busy year ahead, mm-hmm. from the sounds of it. And Mr. Quine, you've said you are going to focus on on constituency issues, really, perhaps in, rather than national politics uh, in in the immediate term, at least.
1: Well, largely, um, Dolan, but but also, you know, you can't take your eye off the ball where the national um, questions are, are concerned. And, and, and as Claire's just said, the um, Sexual Offences and Obscene Publications Act is something we need um, to get on the statute. Uh, as soon as possible um hopefully it's um, it goes for royal assent and and, and is passed by uh, October, I think it is um because obviously there's there's a lot of people um very up, rightly so very upset um by the current sentencing guidelines
2: There was a big demonstration on friday of course there was
1: um and and, and and as Claire's just said we we were both there and um and, and people were were rightly um quite um irate as i mean it's a very emotive subject. Um, where the victim is seen to be failed by the system <coughs> and the criminal is seen to be effectively supported by it. And the, you know, the sentencing, minimum sentencing, um, certainly needs to be addressed and the sentences need to be harsh uh, and the punishment severe. Um, just going on to further things in the, in the wider sort of, uh, economy, obviously airlings, uh, I've, I've been talking about, um, because of my professional background, um, throughout this and, um, post covid again it's it's vital that we have good sustained um, frequently operated air links to key destinations uh, around the british isles in order to attract the investment that which, uh, which we'll need
2: you said you weren't interested in taking a departmental membership given your background and your professional experience you could be some use to the department of infrastructure with with ports perhaps tackling exactly that issue
1: well yeah i mean I've, I've you know before i've met um mrs reynolds um before regarding uh, issues at the at the airport um and yeah I, you know I'm, just because i'm not involved directly doesn't mean to say i wouldn't be wish to be involved indirectly I, i'd be quite happy um to to raise any issues um and address them um either to to minister baker or to um to, to mrs reynolds as and when they came about
2: We've heard differing views from uh, incumbent members of Timwald on the different options or different availabilities in terms of air routes, air links, and what sorts of agreements could be put in place. One of which, which I think is uh, going on behind the scenes at the minute, is an increased involvement with Origny in Guernsey. Do you you have a view on that?
1: I feel it's... um... Orini uh, serving Guernsey has shown the strategic importance of ha- of the of the, um, of the island having its own air links. Um, it's it's able to um, use them um, proactively, um, pretty much same as we have with the steam packet. I think the strategic value of owning the steam packet has been apparent to everyone over the last um, few months. Uh, had it been in private hands, then. Who knows um, what the outcome could have been? So it's, it's. I think it's vital that that islands the size of our of our own and um, and Guernsey, Jersey, etc. take control of uh, of of key services. I mean, the the Isle of Man obviously is, um, has a um NHS patient transfer service which he operates to Liverpool and that's and that's vital. So that needs to be operated um by a competent professional carrier um in, in order to respect the passenger's dignity and, and to ensure that the service is reliable year round.
2: I think the preference at the minute is to essentially underwrite an existing service from elsewhere. Just tell yeah. us how, how how does that dif- differ from a like a national airline,
1: perhaps? Yeah, I, I I would be extremely cautious about that undertaking, um, not wishing to <laughs> cast aspersions at any particular airlines, of course, but um, some of them have been known for somewhat creative accounting, shall we say, in the past. And we, as the Manx taxpayer, um, we have to be very guarded that um, that losses on other routes or through other operations aren't channeled through an Isle of Man operation. Uh, and the Manx taxpayer ends up picking up the tab for it. So uh, a high degree of transparency needs to be um, needs to be available if that is the case. And uh, like I say I, I would I would certainly urge caution um, with making that proposal.
2: Did that have anything to do with your decision to stand?
1: It did, yes. Um, I've been going on about uh, certainly the shortcomings of the Open Skies legislation um, basically since it was introduced um, back in the late 90s. I don't feel it served the island well and um, we don't have any accountability with regard to our links So yeah, it was one of the, um, on the, on the sort of wider island issue, uh, reasons that I decided to put myself forward.
2: Mrs Christian... Um do you have any view on the topic
0: um well so i have already said that I think we should be definitely looking at um making links with other airlines and especially gurney um because it, it we don't know what the the market's going to be like we don't know if we're going to have a you know an easy jetter et cetera mm-hmm. existing. Um, you know, I have friends that are in in BA. You know, and um, I was only speaking to them this morning about the new terms, uh, etc. That um, that they're going through. Um, we just don't know what the market's going to be like. So I think we need to st- make sure that we've got strategic plans in place. And, and obviously, Paul's got greater experience in that um, with with his uh, his years of being a pilot. And I, you know, I I would totally um, look to his his view on that, and and would I look forward to discussing it further with him.
1: I think it's it's vital. We're talking about investment and, and investment inwards from the Commonwealth, um, particularly Dolan. I think it's vital that we have a good, uh, sustained link to to London. Um, at the moment, I would even say that we stand a good chance of securing two, perhaps three slots into Heathrow if we were to uh, make the bold decision to to either invest into Arini or to or, or to go it um, alone. And that's vital um, to um, ensuring that the economy. Uh, gets the support and investment that it needs um looking back in my time at manx airlines we had the manx economy had to say 15 years year on year growth from 1985 through to 2000 and that was powered by manx airlines ostensibly because we had the london heathrow link had we not had that then the island would not be in the in, in the position that it is today
2: so it's an issue of more urgency perhaps than is let on do you think
1: well, it's it's a good time to plan. That's that. This is what we've got. We've got. We've got a, a, a sort of lull in air travel, as it were, at the moment. It will come back. We will return to normal one day, and um, this will not be with us forever. So, it's a time to strategically plan for how we see ourselves on the other side of this. So, it, it's it's vital that the that this major issue is addressed.
2: I'm sure it's something we'll be speaking to you about much more over the next year. Um, I'll come to a couple of questions from listeners. Asif has asked would the two new MHK say what they think of people who avoid paying national insurance contributions by just taking a dividend when running a small company? Mrs Christian, yeah, you, are you I'm, able I'm to inform us on that? I'm probably a good person to
0: yeah. <laughs> answer that, that question. Um, so obviously uh, through COVID I obviously saw a lot of that scenario and it became apparent that there are a lot of um, small businesses uh, that are doing that. Um, so in my opinion, this is this is a decision that they are obviously legally allowed to take. They they, they can do that. That's uh, they haven't done anything wrong. Um, but obviously what it's left is they it's left them exposed because in a scenario that uh, like COVID, it's left them exposed that they were unable to uh, get support from the government. Um, but through uh, lobbying and uh, during COVID, I managed to get that overturned so that they were able to get some support and. Um, one of the things that I think that we need to do as a government, and this could be very much so that would bring in revenue to, to the government, immediate revenue, is we definitely need to be more proactive going out to self-employed people and small businesses about the benefits of paying their national insurance and, and obviously uh, different types of tax, whether it be um, uh uh it's it's just so so absolutely key because it it helps them in terms of their pensions in the future and obviously um if something like this was to happen again the fact that they've invested obviously in the tax and the national insurance means that they can um reap the benefit of the support from the government um personally you know obviously I'm a small business um you know people ask I've often been asked at what what scenario um I I take do I do a dividend and things like that, um, so I don't take mm-hmm. a dividend. I actually haven't taken a salary. I've anything that I've ever made in terms of profit has gone back into my business. I pay my staff um, and obviously pay their tax and their national insurance as well, um, and that's how I've run my business. It's not been hard run. Um, it's not been easy running a business on the island. The economy before COVID was not great, and lots and lots of businesses struggled and are struggling, um, and we need to. To, that's why we need to put an emphasis on, on absolutely supporting and, and getting the economy going, getting people to spend local, keeping that message going. Uh, it's so crucial. Um, so it isn't it isn't easily running a business on the island. It really isn't. And I've been going for seven years now, and I, I've spoken to many, many small businesses. And, and actually, if we didn't have these small businesses and we didn't have these self-employed people, which make up 70% of our economy, there would be far greater people on collecting, you know, and on the dole etc so thank goodness we have these people going out there every day and working really hard Um, and that's that's truly admirable that we have that in our society.
2: You've spoken about some of your work uh, with local companies throughout the COVID-19 pandemic which objectively I presume played a big part in your success in the election. Do you think there should be any rule changes from the top to address some of these things or is it more about education outreach perhaps
0: with it's business owners it's education outreach um it's being able to you know the i think from my personal perspective of being on the other side you feel like you're doing something wrong if you haven't paid your national insurance you feel like you're getting behind and i know what that's like personally um and i know what that's like as a struggle because people are you know from struggling with poverty on the island and that that's really tough so it's about Reaching out to those people, it's about saying to them, "You've done nothing wrong. You just need to get caught up to date. We need to be able to help you to do that. Let's come up with a plan on what what we can do that's going to work for you." Um, and and then that means your pension explaining to them because lots of these businesses are run by young people that are not thinking about pensions in the future. Um, so it's really important we 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 make it available for them to be educated. And I don't think right now. From my own personal experience, that it is very easy to understand. Um, so making it a bit clearer. And that was one of the things that I championed during COVID was working with businesses and making the support clearer for people and, and explaining it and understanding We we're, we're not accountants we're not uh, lawyers we're not these kind of people we're hard-working people that need to just have things explained to us a little bit easier and so that's what I really focused on um, and hope that I can be that person that people can still come to and and ask for advice in terms of the national insurance and tax as well um, so that we can get more revenue back and get people back on their feet.
2: From the private sector to the public sector this this uh, is a, a point from an anonymous listener um Nothing about a reform of government to reduce the ridiculous wage and pension bill, the real elephant in the room. Do you have a view about that?
1: Well, yeah, obviously the um, public sector pensions are a very um, hot topic Uh, and they were um, certainly a topic that was uh, um, put to me on on the doorstep during the campaign. I think the big issue about it is that um, those who've been at the coalface, the likes of the nurses, the teachers, the Ancillary workers in the DOI, etc., uh, who pro rata have paid in a lot more, um, feel as if they're not getting their uh, just return. Um, now with the government unified scheme, I feel that the issue's probably been kicked down the the road into the into the next parliament because I think it's due for review. I think in 2022. Um, but the unfortunate thing about it is that a lot of high-ranking civil servants and MHKs, for that matter, who have paid nowhere near the amount that they probably should have been paying, um, still expect to ride high on the hog, and I don't feel that's, uh, that that it's, that it's justifiable in that case.
0: I agree, and you know, I, th- I think we've got quite a lot. A lot to reform in terms of that um, and how we go forward is going to be one of the particular subjects that I want to get heavily into um, and getting more reform for that and making it a more fairer system. Um, it, it, I, it's actually a term I've used, the elephant in the room. Uh, you know, it's, we, we've got to talk about this and we've got to get um, better ideas on how to make this right and much fairer system.
1: I mean, we've both come from, from um, the private sector. So, so um, I mean, I had my old um, British Regional Airlines pension, which was what used to be referred to as, as a final salary pension, and that was stopped um, several years back because you know the company declared that it just wasn't sustainable. And it's as simple as that. Um, so, you know, in, in the private sector, that's um, very much been the case over the last few years. And I feel, um, you know, looking into the future that, that similar sort of medicine is going to have to be given to the public sector sooner or later.
2: Well, thank you to that listener for that comment. Um, Dewan has also been in touch. He said, I'd love to know what perceptions the MHKs had before they ran as candidates that changed over the course of their campaign.
0: Um, So, I'll go first, Paul. So, I think when I first started the campaign, um, my perception, obviously, was... uh, unknown and most people do uh, have a very unknown idea um, I tried to liaise with as many ex-MHKs or current MHKs as possible to to ask them their opinions and what it would be like Um one interesting one of the the I, advice that I majorly got was about social media and um, to try not to take that personally um, and I think I would like to say that if there's anybody thinking about going forward for this in for you know next year, please, my door is open. Come and see me, um, and I will tell you what it's like, and tell you what the social media is like, and what to do, and how to uh, rise above that side of it, um, and and really just focus on the job, focus on knocking on doors, focus on your constituents, and that is primarily the most important thing um, and yes obviously doing some social media campaign does help um, but it is and we said at the beginning of this program it's the door knocking that means the most the most important thing Um so in terms of change now I'm we you know we've been in a, how many hours now I don't know I'm not sure um, and <laughs> so we, we've got a lot to learn um very very quickly I think Paul and I got delivered literally the next morning piles of work that we need to read before the next uh tim will sitting and and before our induction um starts on tuesday and um you know that that to me just i'm 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 more humbled and, and even more so when i received those because it makes it just such an important job i realize how important that is and and what people are believing in us um, and what we've got to do
1: yeah like like um claire said obviously you seek advice from from various people and and some sitting mhks i, I was um it was very heartening that uh, several of them actually wrote to me when i when I declared um, to offer their support and their guidance and any advice um, which I may may wish to have um, um, chosen to to ask of them i I feel the, the actual I, f- I found the campaign a very enriching and fulfilling experience personally I, I you know meeting so many people um listening to their concerns their fears um, or just having you know just a good chat over a cup of tea I mean you know, going back to the knocking on the doors and that you know sometimes you're meeting members of our older generation who haven't seen anybody all day you're the, you know uh, maybe you and the postman are the, are the only people that, that, that they get the chance to to speak to so it's it's vital that that side of campaigning isn't abandoned in in the rush to to embrace social media because you know they're they're the real people in the constituency, and and you know it's 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 lovely to get out and uh, and, and and to meet people like that.
0: It definitely was the most favourite part for me. You know I'm I'm a retailer, so I love meeting people and of you know different backgrounds, etc. So uh, it it thoroughly was the best part, totally for me as well. And you know I, there was uh, talking about the uh, vulnerable older older generation. There was one lady I went back a couple of times to because realizing that she she actually was you know I was the only person that had gone to see her, um, in those couple of days and and it and you when you're not involved in politics and you're living your daily life you don't really realize who the constituents are around you and and things like that so it was really fantastic to go around and meet as many of those as possible I'm um, you know whether it was telephone calls late at night or whether it was uh, going to see them and it, it it really is. It is a very humbling experience, and and people, you know. I, I just like to say, I always said it at the end of the door, thank you for opening your door to us. Thank you for actually taking the time to speak to us. Whether as as Paul said, whether it was just a quick chat or whether it was something a more in depth conversation that we really meant for them. Um, you know, I mean, I found myself. I'm the kind of person that's very proactive. So I didn't think, oh, I'll wait till I become an AMHK to help these people. There were lots of different scenarios where I was already um, helping people to to sort out issues and problems. And, and, and hopefully I've, I've been able to succeed in doing that. And I'll continue to do so even with more more vigour now.
2: When did you first think about standing?
1: Um, going back to the original um by-election, which would have taken place, I think it was scheduled in April, um, following the um, the death of uh, of Bill Malarkey. Uh, I, I thought about looking at it then, um, obviously, you know, things like um, Airlinks, links, as I say, something that on the wider issue I've been going on about for a long time, and the old sayings either put up or shut up, so I, I, I decided to put up, obviously there was... Um, the postponement to the by-election um, due to the outbreak of COVID-19 and the, and, and the subsequent lockdown and then of course um, when um, Kate Castain um, decided to to, um, to step down then obviously both seats um, became available um, so I, I made my final decision then.
0: Um, so I basically had been it had been on my agenda for a couple of years thinking about it obviously um, and thinking that I would do it to i would take part in the general election um and then obviously through covid that just that that reaffirmed my my position and and helping people and really making a difference i was if i'm really honest i was really a little bit tainted like most people are about politics and and the government and i didn't know if i could actually go in and and work with these people um, and, you know, with COVID, I actually worked with them as a conduit and then they took my advice on some things and some things not. And, um, you know, and I realised that there are some good people there and they want to do do good for the island. And obviously they've done a fantastic job during COVID. And that really inspired me far more to, to basically go in and work with, the, work with other ministers. Um, and I really look forward to doing so.
2: How did you then go about building a campaign for people who haven't done this before and most people haven't
0: mm.
2: where do you start
0: so i think just the, the first thing is obviously was an introductory for me so i announced um and that was probably one of the most nerve-wracking moments where you you send out your press release and you, you click you know it's gone and, and you, you um, announced quite early didn't you? yes I think. Yeah, yeah um a couple of, i think it was the day before the um they announced the election date um so yeah so it, that moment when you send it out you know that that's quite a momentous moment I won't forget that and and then obviously your life suddenly changes from that moment and you uh, people want to speak to you about why and what you're doing and um so yeah so for me it was about sending an introductory letter to the constituents so um I wanted to go around every household myself so um and see the every single front door so i popped that through it took me three days but a lot of running up and down pathways excuse me um <clears throat> uh so that was the first first stage for me and then obviously thereafter i what i did was uh i didn't go into or i haven't been into work for for six weeks i literally took the whole the whole time off and and which was good for me in terms of how my business has run without me i already know it has um so uh i was i was working from uh getting up at you know not um getting out onto the doors between nine and five o'clock. And because we had so many candidates, I also was quite conscious about... Um, being out at times when they weren't, because I didn't want mm. to overload the constituency. Um, so I never did a Sunday, because I knew that that was some of the only times that some of the candidates could do. Um, and uh, I didn't uh, I, for the first, I think, three or four um, days. I did some sometimes till seven o'clock in the evening, but I realised that actually the constituents were eating at that time, and it was a bit annoying for them. And I didn't really want to impend on that, uh, impinge on that time that they have with their families. Um, so for me, it was it was doing it between a day time um, and obviously on a Saturday um, and I did I did pretty much all of it myself apart from uh, I think my husband helped me three days on a Friday, uh, three Fridays uh, in a row and uh, a very good friend of mine um, as well helped me on one day um, but I was always there I was opposite, you know, that we would do one side and, uh, and my husband would do the other side and I was always there so if I needed to pop across the road to speak to the constituency it was something they particularly wanted to speak about um, then I was, you know, I was easily accessible. Um, so 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 from that and then obviously the manifesto That's that's the main thing, you know, as well. It's getting a good um, constructive manifesto out and timing's always an issue. Um, People don't know whether to put it out early or later. Um, I think we all sort of uh, did it around about sort of similar time. It is about giving the constituents time to read through all of them, especially with 10 10 manifestos to go through. Um, But, yeah, so...
1: Yeah, I I, I was the ninth um, person to declare and, um, like I say, I... You know, I was keen on doing so, but I wanted to ensure that um, that the people around me also thought it was a, a good idea that I did. So I um, spoke to a couple of of friends and former colleagues in um, in the airline industry who who were very supportive and suggested that uh, I did so, um, and also my family and, and my partner Karen who uh who 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 was invaluable during the campaign she she's a a great source of strength and and uh, and that to me um so she 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 really sort of tipped the balance and 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 decided that you know we were having a a meal down at uh, at, at her mother's apartment um following her son's birthday and and we kind of decided that that evening we would be uh, making a, a go on that um but just going back to the manifesto and that it's it's difficult to try and compose one when you're an independent because given the again given the, the time span left on the parliament you can't really outline any grandiose ideas and so people are saying well you know what about the economy and that and and so forth but there's not a lot you can influence in 12 months so it's basically an introduction as to who you are and um, to try and explain your views on on specific um topics and specific uh, issues perhaps and,
2: forced you to be a bit realistic well yeah and
1: and you know to 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 see to allow people then to gauge the person that you are hopefully and 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 make a an informed decision on whether or whether or not they um they should vote for you so it was a it's it's a strange sort of thing trying to correlate all that together and and particularly when you know we don't have the the backing of like a party machine or um you know, a whole load of uh, activists who who are sort of campaigning on your behalf. It's um, it is quite difficult, and and, and just to touch on uh, on what Claire was saying, I, I went out and knocked on as many doors as possible. Um, and again you are mindful of of people's you know right to have a a quiet evening seven o'clock was my always my cut off time because you know people are watching emmerdale farm or coronation street and that they they don't want someone rapping on the door wanting to uh, to talk about politics Uh, likewise during the morning people have their you know their daily business to go about to go to the shops or or or, or do whatever and and again you know you have to be quite mindful of interrupting their privacy
0: I know that we were all really good at um, if, if we saw each other in a certain area, I would just go to another one. We, we all did that. It, you know, we tried not to bombard um, the constituency uh, in, you know, at the same time. So yeah, that was just productive. like an unsaid rule, <laughs> wasn't it? It was just you just got on and did that. You just moved on to another. We'll go and do a different area, which is, was really nice. It was, a, it was a really good good way of doing things. And
1: given the size of the field as well, I mean, the fact that we only had one requisition meeting, um, which I feel was 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 pulled in at fairly short notice, um, but considering there was ten of us standing, it's it's very difficult to uh, for the for, for the public um, to try and get their uh, questions across, and, and for everyone to be given the adequate time to actually try and answer the question. I mean, a lot of times you have to be very quick and and as succinct as you can be to answer the question, but um, I do I do feel that was a, that was a bit of a shame that um, that the public didn't really get the chance to, to, to speak to us more directly in a in a forum where, where we were all present. One I of think... your
2: constituents has been in touch, just oh. quickly. Uh, James says, many congratulations to both Claire and Paul. I know you will both put South Douglas first and with integrity. All the very best. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you, James. <laughs> uh, a question from Andy, an interesting one. Faster My, would either of the two guests agree to be Chief Minister if nominated?
1: Well... <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's highly unlikely, Andy. But yeah, we're just we're just sort of seventy-two no. hours into this, so so uh, not, no, not, not in the given. Is the answer? Yeah, no, 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 I, nowhere.
0: you know, I, no, uh, absolutely not. It, it wouldn't happen, but it, it, and I certainly wouldn't accept it. I
1: think the chief minister is um, doing an excellent job at the moment with with all that's on his plate. Um, so I, I think it's best left to to those with the experience, myself.
2: Good answers now, um, uh, claire Christian and paul Quine, you're also um both Manx yes do
0: yes, you think you're right. that, do you think that
2: stands you in good stead
0: um i think we we're living in a in a world where it it's not as important um but i i I know that. I'm sure Paul's the same. When you're going around the doors, it, it is something that people do ask you. Are you Manx? Do you live locally? You know, um, and, and it is of, of concern for people. Um, but I do think that that's changing. I don't think it's necessarily the most important thing. Um. Um, but, you know, it's it, it's interesting. I went to people who aren't Manx obviously there are there are constituents in uh, that aren't actually born in the Isle of Man and they're just as important to us so it, it isn't necessarily I I don't think um but it may it may have had the extra one or two votes because of that
1: yeah, I was brought up in the constituency and, and the obviously the um uh, the fabric of it has changed beyond all recognition from from when I was a lad um, yeah obviously you know the, the name kind of gives it away really but the, the there are people who've said that they would vote for me purely from the fact that they knew my father and uh, oh he was you know he was a nice fella and but you know and that's very nice and am and, and, and very welcome but listen to me I mean mm. ask me a question I might I might give you an answer that you fundamentally disagree with and you know form your judgment and your opinion on 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 who I am um not just the fact that i i 'm manx and and the fact that you may may, may know you know a member of my family it, it is it is nice and it 's very heartening that that friends come out to support you at times like this um but obviously there 's always a, a bigger issue to to be addressed and and you, and you should i come from from a profession where people get where they are purely on merit you know there's no room for incompetency or ineptitude and um, everyone is um where they are through their ability and, and and that doesn't matter you know what your name is where you come from you, you 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 are you are there by the ability of what you have
2: just finally only 30 seconds left on the clock um what happens this week what's next for you induction, induction. <laughs> yeah, uh, tuesday Meetings. wednesday Thursday. Um, and yeah, some yeah.
1: afternoon meetings that I'm uh, looking forward to to conduct them with some uh, other MHKs.
2: Thank you very much indeed, thank Claire you very Christian much, and Paul Quine. Thanks for coming to join us. Thank uh, you, Don. Thanks for your your questions as well, uh, and thank you for listening. Take care. See you soon.